Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Genesis chapter 25 at 29. If you found it, can you say amen? Genesis chapter 25. We're going to start in verse 29. I can, I'm just going to, let me just tell you, right? Like, if you're like really, I understand that culture is crazy right now, right? I understand that. And I understand that a lot of things that were forever uh, done in secret and, and were like looked down upon now are done in the open, right? And if you're wondering, man, I wonder like if this is people's traditions or if this is actually the word of God. That matters, doesn't it? Like if this is actually what God thinks about about uh, trends in culture. Um, you don't have to, if you don't like what mom says about it or daddy or auntie or uncle or pastor, right? Well, go to the supreme authority, which is the word of God. And, uh, and, and you can find your, your answer here. That's why we go here every week. You can literally base your life on it, your girlfriend on it, your boyfriend on it. Did it. Somebody said, did it. Amen. Praise the Lamb. Familiar passage. I don't know if I want to bring out anything revelatory tonight, but the Lord's going to help us and it's going to be good. Um, 29 says, once when Jacob was cooking stew. We got any chefs in the house? Anybody like to cook? Somebody told, told my wife that um, we have some friends coming over tomorrow night and uh, the, the, it's, a, it's another couple. And the Jessica said, you know, David, David's coming over with his, his beautiful wife and children, right? Is he here? Okay, so David knows this, right? This is why he did it. So, uh, so Jessica told me that he's going to be grilling, smoking, doing something with ribs. And then with um, at the house, he's going to grill the wings. And I told Jessica, like, I, am I supposed to be excited about that? Everybody knows the alpha is the man behind the grill. He's coming to my house and going to grill at my house. I actually am threatened by that. And she's like, hmm, maybe you can smoke something. And I'm like, that's it. I think smoking outranks grilling, so I'm going to smoke some corn on the cob. So there we go. We figured it out. <clears throat> so this is Jacob, right? He's cooking stew. Okay. Now, mind you that it's just stew, right? So it's soup. But it's not special soup, right? Like it's not the soup Nazi on all the Seinfeld fans, right? That everybody comes and stands in line for. No soup for you, right? Like uh, it's, you probably, that's another generation, I'm sorry. Uh, this is just basic lentils, right, is what we're talking about here. And Esau came in from the field because he's a man's man. Oh, he's got the gravel in his voice. He's out there shooting his bow and arrow, right? He's, he's. Using his sling to kill things. Raw. Toxic masculinity. And he was exhausted. Say exhausted. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm tired. But it's summer. You slept till noon. Get over yourself. Wow. Verse 30, and Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Okay. He's like, I want some of that. Okay, again, this isn't anything special, right? But remember, when you're hungry, when you're really hungry, we're not picky, are we? When we're really hungry, it doesn't matter the song they're singing. When we're really hungry, it doesn't matter if it's my people on the stage, right? Oh, I know, I know what they did last summer. Well, congratulations, right? Maybe we should reveal what you did last summer <laughs> or maybe last night. And so, so hungry people aren't concerned about who's bringing, who's bringing. That's the beauty of, of, of newcomers. When they come into a house, they love people and they're going to be like, they're going to be like, Hey, like this person, they're so like incredible, aren't they? And you know them, like, you know them, know them. And you're like, yeah, they're incredible. Just wait till you get to, know, you know what I'm saying? Like you've been there before, right? Absolutely. You have. And so. So Esau is hungry, right? He's like, man, that stew, I know it's some basic stew, but it sounds 
delicious. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. <laughs> okay, sell me your birthright. Which is like to say, okay, give me all of your inheritance and all of your posterity. Like everything that you would give to your children, like I want that now. Right? It's, like, it's almost like a sarcastic reading. You know what I mean? Like this doesn't make any sense. Right? And so Esau comes in the house. He's hungry. Apparently, he's not just a little hungry, right? But he is famished to the point to where Jacob gives him like this offer, which it should not even be considered, right? And so I got people that do this all the time. They come into my, my house and they're like, Oh, you've got so many shoes. You should give me a pair. And you're probably guilty if you've been over of saying that to me, right? Like the like for some reason the 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 volume of 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 something that I have equates to like it diminishes the value in some way, and so therefore you know you should just get one, right? I don't know if that's how that works or not, but that's how crazy this would be. Oh, this is a nice shoe collection you have here. Could I have them? Right? And we like yeah, not probably not. Okay, like my children aren't going to college because of this collection. Are you serious? Like, uh, we can't make house payments because of this collection. You think I want to give it to you, right? Like, we're in a lot of debt because of this collection. Are you serious right now? Like, this is what you're, you know? And so this is like, this is the equivalent, sort of. Actually, it's, it's not even close. It's actually a lot worse. And so Esau's like, dude, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? This is how hungry he is, right? And so I'm about to die. What, what use is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me now. He's taking advantage of him, right? It's like King's Island. They know you ain't got anywhere else to go. They know you're so hungry, you're so thirsty, or the local fare, right? Oh, yeah, we know you want the lemon chill, right? So we're going to charge you $42 for it, and you're going to pay for it, right? Oh, you want some elephant ears with the, with the powdered sugar? Okay, you're going to wait in line for three hours, and we're going to charge you $52 for it, and you're going to gladly take it, right? In fact, you're going to stack up people and, uh, to get in line for this thing, right? And so this is, this is what he's doing now. He's taking advantage of the moment, right? And so uh, Jacob is a, a savvy guy. His name means liar or cheater, remember? He says, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob, and Jacob Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew. This is like basic. Here's some bread. This is not the bread that Aliyah makes, okay? All right, she's over here making some sourdough that is next level. It's not the bread that Mama Haresh makes, okay? Talking about that, uh, that rope pita bread, okay? Uh, so um, with the hummus, none of that, right? And so, so, and he ate and he drank and he rose and went his way and Esau despised his birthright. I want to speak to us on this thought with the Lord's help for about 35 minutes, Lord willing, on hungry for the more. This is part two. If you weren't here last week, it's okay. We got you. Hungry for the more. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your presence that's been in this house already. We thank you, Father, for every individual that has come into this room. And we know, Lord God, that you desire to speak. We know, Lord, that you are speaking even now. I pray, God, that you would just bring a holy hush for the rest, uh, uh, the remainder of this service, that you would draw people in, Lord God, to this word. Father, cause me to, to fade into the background. And Lord God, let there be a weightiness to the words that we speak on your behalf tonight, Father. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our spirit. Speak to our soul, Father. Lord God, and we'll give you the glory and and the honor. Amen. All right, so we got a, a microwave up here. I brought some stuff. Oh, already. Smell that thick, thick butter, right? So here we go. Let's do this. You ready? This side up. Popcorn. All right, so this is it's really key that when you're preparing popcorn, okay, let me tell you, there's going to be a, you can go your own route if you're doing microwave. I actually prefer the homemade stovetop, right, with the, you know, heat that oil up for 30 seconds, put three in, they start popping, throw the rest, it's amazing. It's got this, it's just different. So this is uh, for the sake of, of, of the service. This is... Um, when you're cooking popcorn, okay, here's what's going to happen. It's going to reach a point when the steam, right, 
is trapped inside the kernel and eventually it explodes, those kernels do, right? And they're gonna, some will go before others, but at some point you're going to hear uh, popping and there's going to be like some time between the popping. This is important, okay? So you don't want, oh, there's some. You don't want any more than two seconds between pops. If it's more than two seconds between pops, you're gonna get burnt popcorn, right? And nobody likes burnt popcorn. So here we go. We got 30 seconds left. A ASMR, is that what it is? All right, it could have went a little longer. All right, so let's do this. Smell it yet? You want some? No, you don't have any. No, okay. Smell it? Just, just smell. Don't, t don't touch. Just smell. Just smell. Some of y'all don't like popcorn, right? Weird folk. <laughs> I, I, I like popcorn, <clears throat> especially salty popcorn. You all know how to take popcorn to the next level, right? And you got the salty and the sweet. I prefer Starburst. That's my favorite. And chase it. I'm telling you, man. Now, if you're, if you don't care to get nasty fingers, you put in some gob, uh, some. Um, some like M&Ms or some, um, what are they called, goobers or raisinets, but they get a little melty, right? The timing is everything with that, okay? So, what about this? You ever do this? Anybody hungry? <laughs> that is the whole point, right? Is to kind of provoke a hunger. Okay, I'll tell you what. Anybody got five dollars? Five dollars, anybody? Five dollars? I'll take cash app. Five dollars? No, do I got to hire anybody higher? Hold on, hold on. Ten dollars? Fifteen for real? Okay, we got fifteen here. Fifteen? All right. Fifteen oh one? No. <clears throat> I don't want your money. <clears throat> but I know you were. But the point. Let me move this. These drinks. <clears throat> Man, if you haven't eaten yet, good news. Kyle told you, we got some walking taco. You took it. We got some. You can have that for sure. That's fully loaded. I can't do that. Diabetes. Uh, and so when you, man, when you're hungry, you start smelling stuff like that, right? <laughs> she closed it. Uh, when you start smelling stuff like that, man, it does something, right? It starts triggering. You start, your body starts reacting in some kind of way, right? Like physically, you react to, uh, to when you are hungry, you physically respond in ways that it's, sometimes it's hard to explain, right? For some of you, like it, it you, you tasted the salt, right? And you're, you're, you just started like, it was like the faucets turned on, right? And it's just drool, right? I'm really resisting. My commitment is to not go back to that, right? I can't, I'm not going to promise, but I'm going to try not to go back to the bowl, right? And so some of you are like, man, if you just let me get a, if you let me get a taste, right? And so this is what, this is when we are hungry, right? When we, sometimes when we smell something, it turns on and we begin to react in ways and we start to 
we start to like even offer ridiculous amounts of money for things that aren't worth it, right? And so this is kind of the picture of what we see in our text with Esau, right? And so this is what hunger does, right? Hunger makes us desperate. If you're taking notes, write that down. Hunger makes us desperate, right? And so he's willing to do desperate things because he's so hungry uh, in this moment from working on the field. He's willing to go to, to desperate places, to desperate ends to satisfy his hunger, right? And so it created this desperation in him that he's willing to sell all of his future, all of his children's future, all for a basic bowl of soup, right? And so how could that be? Because hunger affects your vision, right? It affects what you see. He lost the ability to see beyond his current need, right? And so all he could see was the need right in front of him, and he had to satisfy the need, right? And so hungry, hunger causes us to be desperate. And so understand your appetite is always a barometer for your spiritual temperature. Your appetite is a barometer for your spiritual temperature. What are you hungry for? And what are you willing to sacrifice to fulfill that hunger? And this is why David said in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the essence or the issues of life. Right? When we are hungry, it will send us to certain places, certain spaces to cause us to gratify the need of our own hunger, right? And so, um, so this is because your, your hunger always, always determines your destination. And so in line with our notes, if hunger makes you desperate, desperation determines your destination. Amen? And so we read stories like Mariah Woodward Edder, who's so hungry for God, who has so much of God, but yet still so full of God, yet still so hungry for God. And that is the that is the the the, the delicate balance that that the Lord causes us to is to be full, both full of him, but also desperately hungry for more of him. And Mariah Woodward Edder, who the stories of her in her her revival meetings across the states were such that, get this, I want you to hear this, that she would be praying for people. And as she would pray for people, uh, they, would, they would come under the power of God and all kinds of demonstrations would happen, right? Some crazy stuff. Some of, some of these things you've seen in services before, some of you, some of you haven't, right? But we're talking about waves of God's glory coming over a congregation and falling, right? Like being slain in the spirit. I'm not talking about somebody pushing them down, right? We've all experienced that. If you've been in a Pentecostal circle, you've probably experienced uh, somebody throwing you down like, like a, a wrestling match or something. Like, you will go down, right? And so to, to uh, satisfy their spiritual um, uh, arrogance is what that's about. Anyway, maybe it's not. I shouldn't say that. People, people do all kinds of things for all kinds of reasons. But um, so understand that, that this woman's so hungry for God that she literally had, had gang members showing up to, to her meetings, okay, threatening her life. And she would not, she, this was a woman, okay, uh, and it's important to note that when we talk about, when we talk about um, uh, you know, women who break through the proverbial glass ceiling, right, and, and, and break through in American society. She's certainly one of those uh, who achieves a great deal for the cause of, 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 of women's rights, right? All my feminists said, hey, no, don't actually. Actually, that's okay. It's all right. Fine. <laughs> it depends on how we define that. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> we won't go there. And so it's recorded that when she was praying for people, right? And so she would pray for, so, so Preston, you may, you may have come for prayer, right? And the power of God would hit you. And they said that when the power of God hit that, that building, the manifest presence of God, maybe this is unfamiliar to some of you, but most of us in this room have experienced the manifest presence of God, the weighty glory when it shows up, signs and wonders, miracles, talking about lives forever changed, not just internally, not just spiritually, but physically, physically. 
physical healings manifesting, right? And so all kinds of, of miracles, signs, and wonders taking place when the glory of God comes near. This is why we're so intent in this building, in this room, every Thursday night, we're going for the glory. We're going for the power of God. We're going for the fullness of God. This is why we don't treat Thursday nights like another time to get together and eat pizza, right? I, I know you can find that at your local youth group, but that's not what we're about. We have come to encounter the living God in a supernatural way. And we want all of him, all that is available for us is what we want without exception. And it may be odd and it may be strange. It may be weird. It may be illogical at times, but I say all of him and less of me. And if it offends you, whatever makes the Holy Spirit welcome in a house. And so uh, so Mariah Woodward Edward would would pray the power of God would hit people and they would say a radius of where she was at for two miles. The glory of God would fall in homes in gas stations around the around the city. And so talking about a woman who was full of the power of God and full of also the hunger of of God. And so I don't know about you, but that's why sometimes it's so important just to to sit down and read stories like that because it, you know what it does? It makes you hungry. Read stories of Mariah Woodward. Read stories of, we try to give you glimpses of them in this room, of Evan Roberts. Read stories of Charles Spurgeon. Read the, the stories of, uh, uh, of William Seymour and, and, and Frank Bartleman and, and, and Charles Parham. And read the stories of the great revivalists that, got, that went before us, Jack Coe and, and these. And what it, what it will do is it will it'll create a hunger and a spark and a desire for in your, your spirit and your heart. And you'll say, God, if you did it in them, why don't you do it in me? If you did it in that, that day, why don't you do it in this day? If you did it for the apostles, do it for us today. If you did it in the, if you did it in the fifties and the sixties, do it again in the twenties the 2020. Oh my God, my God. If you are not, if you, if you only ingest the things of this world, I promise you, you'll never develop a hunger and a desire for the things of the heavenlies. That's why it actually matters. When you begin to consume this Jesus, when you begin to consume the history, not just the word, but also the history of the moving of the word, it changes your appetite of the things of this world. I can tell you, when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, my life was forever changed. God put a word in my heart, an ability to articulate words to people that I did not have. And everything I did from that day forward went through the lens of the Holy Spirit. It mattered what I listened to all of a sudden. It mattered what I watched on TV all of a sudden. It mattered what I read all of a sudden. It mattered who I hung out with. It mattered what I what they were doing when I was hanging out with them. Why? Everything went through the lens of the Holy Ghost. It changed my life radically, radically. And it put a hunger and desire in me that is yet to be satisfied. Oh, there are moments where, where, where I allow the, 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 the desires of this earth to fulfill or, or attempt to fulfill the hunger and the desire, but it's moments when I read, open up his word, and I read the Psalms of David, when I read the stories of the apostles, when I read the mighty hand of God at work in a generation that my spirit is, my spirit is shook and awakened again to what is real, to what is holy, to what this life is all about. God, give us an appetite for the spiritual. Amen. Philippians 3, 18 and 19 says, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Why? It says their end is destruction. Why? Their God is their what? Belly. Are you saying they're really fat? I'm saying that they could not control their earthly appetites. What you hunger for matters. Your appetite determines your destiny. Amen. Amen. And there's a lot at stake here. It's not just good for your soul, but it's also good for the glory of God. When I hunger after the things of God, when I hunger for the more of God, he, 
to him, to him goes the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. And so the fight of faith is a fight to feast on all that, that God is for us in Christ Jesus. That's the fight of this faith is to fight, to feast on Jesus, to feast on his word, to feast on the spiritual, to, to feast on what you've been planted in this earth. Four. Amen. And so Jacob is unable to, or, or, or Esau rather, is uh, unable to properly, to properly uh, estimate uh, his, uh, his 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 own the, the value even of of the soup. Right. Just like T is trying to throw out fifteen dollars, right, uh, for some popcorn, right. Because hunger changes your value system. With an altered vision, he sees this bowl of porridge as more valuable than his posterity. It's important to understand that what it, a value of a thing is what you're willing to pay for it, right? A value of a thing is what you're willing to pay for it. And Esau, in this moment, is willing to pay everything. He doesn't know that with his birthright, he could have all the lentils, he could have all of the soups, he could have every style and flavor of the soups if he just valued the right thing. But because his hunger was, was, was pointed at the wrong thing, his, his value system was corrupted. Hunger changes your value system. And what you hunger for most is what you worship. What you hunger for most is what you worship. Oh, but I worship Jesus. Do you? What value have you placed on Jesus? Why is everything to me, Brother Matt? Well, we know based on what you spend your time on, what you give your eyes to, what you give your conversation to, what you give your heart to. Amen. Well, that sounds that sounds little little like legalism. <clears throat> when he when when Jesus Christ is the supreme hunger of your heart, he becomes supreme in everything. Amen. Amen. When he becomes the supreme hunger of your heart. Not another like, not another dollar, not 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 even peace in your home, not not a, a better friend group, and a, not a, a pretty little thing to text, right? When he becomes a supreme hunger, he becomes a supreme value, amen. And he becomes supreme then in everything, everything, in um. In the Gospels, we read of the story of um, of the followers of Jesus who you can read this in, in, in Mark chapter eight specifically. We read the story of Jesus' followers. <clears throat> Following him all the way out to a desert place, three days' journey in the middle of nowhere. And based on the account, it appears as though for three days they did not eat. Because when you're when you're desperately hungry, you do desperate things. You do desperate things. Desperate things for the kingdom. You go to desperate ends. It pushes you out of your comfort zone. It pushes you out of, of, of low expectations. And it causes you to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. The fullness of the purpose of Christ in your life. And so we see these followers that are with Jesus. You know the story of Jesus breaking the, the bread and, and the fish and feeding the multitude. Why did that happen? Because 
desperate people went to desperate measures and they were hungry because they likely hadn't eaten in a couple of days. And what does Jesus do? He sees their hunger. And what does he do? He begins to do the miraculous. What's the lesson? Oh, your hunger attracts the miracles of heaven. That's right. Your hunger attracts the miracles of God, and he will feed you all that you are hungry for. Did you hear me? He will feed you all that you are hungry for, but he can only feed you in accordance to your hunger. You can only eat to the level that you're hungry. Golden Corral, anybody? Or maybe Thanksgiving gathering or, or, or Christmas gathering. If, if you do those in your home, if you don't, then just think Golden Corral, right? And, and it's a great thing when you, when you work up a good appetite. When you haven't eaten, sometimes we won't eat for like, we'll just eat just when we know Thanksgiving is coming up or, or a, good, a, a really good meal. It was graduation season, right? And Jessica and I was like, okay, who do we think is super judgmental? I know. Who do you think is going to have the best food? So which, which place should we eat at? Because we don't want to fill ourselves with garbage, right? We don't want the hot dog if there's going to be pulled pork, right, at the next, at the next stop. I want to be hungry because I want to be able to eat all that's there, right? And so because you know and I know that when you show up to a place and the food is good, but you don't have the appetite, you don't have the, hungry for, the hunger for it, you can't eat very much. And so God always responds to the level of our hunger. It was a really dry service. Some really full people. Oh, it's just, he's not moving like he was on Thursday nights. We're not hungry like we were on Thursday nights. Why does he lead them to the desert place? Because he needs them to be hungry. Why did he lead the Hebrew children to the wilderness? He needed them to be hungry so he could feed them the manna from heaven. He needed them to be hungry. He needed them to be thirsty so they would be desperate enough so that he could fill them. But an enemy to your hunger is always familiarity. And so what did they do? What did they do? They got used to the manna. They got used to water coming out of rocks. And what did the Hebrew children do? Take us back to Egypt. Why? Because they weren't. They lost their hunger in the middle of being filled. How is it that you and I are going to both be filled and still hungry? If we're going to maintain a revival atmosphere, if we're going to maintain a moving spirit of God in our midst, so wherever we go, there is a spirit of the Lord. It's only going to be because we are both full and hungry. And the moment we are full and no longer hungry, the Lord Jesus removes the food. And he will lead us again into a dry and weary land. I'll prove it to you. Some of you are like, I don't know about that. That sounds, sounds like you're making, making up stuff. Let me, let me show you. <clears throat> let me show you Psalms. <clears throat> Psalms 107, 4 and 9, through 9. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say amen whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and the south. Some wandered in desert wastes. Get this. Some want, talking about the Hebrew children, some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distresses. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works for the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Amen. And so there's a dependency that we must have on more of his spirit 
Spirit, on more of His presence, if we are going to be those who are those who who host the presence of God, who host a revival atmosphere in the spheres that God has given us to release kingdom. Amen. And so we depend on the Lord Jesus to make us hungry. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 8 and 3 says, He humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna. He humbled you and allowed you to hunger. Why? So He could fill them. So that you know, the, the Scripture says, that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. Lord, make us hungry. Make us hungry. Hungry. Hallelujah to God. Look at this. Luke chapter chapter one and verse fifty-three. Verse fifty-three says this. This is the King James. He says, He hath filled the hungry with good things. But look at this. And the rich he has sent empty away. I have to stay hungry. He's not talking about rich, like rich, like they have a lot of money. He's talking about those who are satisfied, those who aren't desperate, those who aren't dependent on the spirit of God, those who aren't looking for the spirit of God and the power of God in uh, in their lives. And so understand anytime the Lord is going to move on a city, you know who he sends there? Hungry people. That's what he did. That's what he did in the with the Israelites in Psalm 107. He sent hungry people to a city. Hungry people to establish a city, to establish government. And so what does that mean? That means it is the hungry people of God that establish the kingdom of God. It's only the influence of the hungry that release the kingdom of heaven in the spheres that he's watered you and I to walk in. Make us hungry. Lord Jesus, hungry for the more. Oh, God. Amen. Amen. So we know that the Lord desires to release himself even in this room, but he only releases himself to the... He only releases himself to the hungry. Some of us are so... We get so puffed up because we know so much, right? We, we, just, we, we just know a lot. We just know lots. And so we come into places and spaces like this, and we can't eat a single snack, not even hors d'oeuvre, because we're so full of ourselves. And all we've got is criticism, and all we've got is cynicism, and all we've got is, well, they should do this, or I could do this, or if it were like this, or I know this person, and I know that person, and you're full. You're full. Lord, make us hungry. Amen. Amen. How do I, how do I get a proper vision? Get hungry. Isaiah 29 says he causes the hungry to dream. Want a vision for your life? Get hungry for God. Oh, if it's been, if you've been, if you're, you're walking through a, a period, a season of disillusionment and discouragement, and I feel like I've been in one of those for a while. All right. So I can, I can, uh, I can empathize with those of you who are in a season like that. Can I tell you the answer for vision to come again is to hunger after God, is to recognize your frailty, is to recognize that you don't have the answers and you never had them, is to recognize that, that, that Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God alone are all that we have. It's all the answers that we have. It's the solution to all of life's issues. Oh, if you want a new vision, if you want fresh vision, get hungry for the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hunger releases the radicals. That's why they were willing to, to chase him for three days into the wilderness. They were 
they were doing the radical for the kingdom of God. And I already said it, hunger attracts the miraculous. He provides the miracle of loaves and fishes because of their hunger. No wonder why he could do no miracles in Nazareth. They knew all the answers. They knew Jesus. They had no grace for him. They, they oh, isn't this the isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Jesus of Nazareth? And the Bible said he could do not many miracles. Why? There was no hunger there. Oh my God, if we want to see the spirit of heaven fall in this house, if we want to see revival come to this city, we have to have hungry people. We have to be a hungry people. Hunger causes you to do desperate things. It drives you to places of prayer. It drives you to places of fasting. It drives you to places of solitude and silence at times. Why? Because I must have Jesus. I must have the Spirit of God working in my generation because I recognize the hour in which we live in and I recognize that it's a late hour. I recognize that we don't have a lot of time and what we got to do, we got to do now. We've got to do quickly. The Bible says that 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 the night is come and when when no man can work so work while it's day oh god calls us to redeem our time redeem the time that you've given us lord jesus so that we might see a mighty revival amen amen hallelujah obstacles to hunger really quickly i got two minutes obstacles to hunger comfort and ease comfort and ease this is this is, this is what the children of Israel came to in the wilderness is a place of comfort and a place of ease, which is why they wanted to go back. Amen. Familiarity will always rob you of your hunger. Never get so familiar with the sacred and with the holy. Never get so familiar with the moving of God and the miraculous hand of God and the love of God that when a soul comes into the kingdom, it's just a, it's just a, uh, another ordinary occasion. My God, every week at Haven, when we, we, when somebody surrenders their heart afresh to the kingdom, allow that newness, allow the joy of heaven, allow the celebration that goes on in the heavenlies. Come near to where you are it's a big deal oh but we come in week after week and we see the miraculous we see lives change we see souls brought into the kingdom we see we see uh literal miracles performed in many of us and it's just another day familiarity will rob you of your hunger brings us to temptation to settle down to draw back to go with less intensity can I tell you that perhaps the greatest enemy of your hunger it's not it's not marijuana it's not another pill it's not a party on Friday night it's not alcoholism. Greatest thief of your hunger is probably the gifts of God in your life. It's all the stuff you have. Our propensity to get lost in things that aren't inherently evil. We get lost and give undue value and undue time to what we're watching on TV and the length of what we're watching it in. There's no great evil in that. Oh, but when it consumes every waking hour, when all we're doing is scrolling up, three hours later, we're still taking in and digest. I'm not saying that, that, that TikTok or, or social media is evil. Perhaps it's a gift, but it can rob us of hunger when we're satisfied with what was supposed to be a gift. The pursuit of stuff. I gotta work all summer so I can get this or I can get that. And, and in so doing, we, we, we decide that Haven is not the local, the, the, the next church service isn't a priority to me. You wanna maintain hunger? Show up with hungry people. You want to be robbed of spiritual hunger? Make it a regular thing to miss the gathering of the saints.
and you'll find that next week it'll be easier to miss and the following week it'll be easier to miss and that by the third week for most of us we don't even think about it we forgot it even was going on what happened your 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 hunger was robbed maybe you weren't out doing anything but you're just consumed with life Someone said, and the most deadly appetites are not for the poison of evil, but for the simple pleasures of earth. For when these replace an appetite for God himself, the idolatry is scarcely recognizable and thus almost incurable. This is why Jesus talked about the sower, some who take the word, the cares of life choke it out. Talks about the rich young man who was so obsessed with his stuff. There's nothing wrong with stuff. But the cares of this world. Tonight, we're talking about hungry for the more. Can I tell you that Hunger is a gift that one that the Lord Jesus wants to bestow on you tonight. Do you hear me? Hunger is a gift. It's not something that we can work up on our own, but it is a gift from God. And I can tell you that if you will allow him tonight, he can place such a hunger for the divine in you that nothing of this earth will satisfy that will change the course of your life for the rest of your days, that will change the course of, of your family's life, your family, the generations stand to be changed if you will allow the Lord Jesus to deposit the gift of hunger inside of you. Amen. Oh, he'll give you all that you're hungry for. And then he's going to increase your appetite when you take all that you're hungry for and you come back. He's going to take, he's going to increase your appetite for more of him and more of him and more of him and more of him. And, 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 and all throughout the course of the believer's life, the psalmist said each day is brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter till that, that glorious day. Why? Because I get more and more and more. And each day he gives me a little bit more of a revelation of his goodness, a little bit more of a revelation of, of his greatness, a little bit more of a revelation of his might, a little bit more of a revelation of his delivering power. And just when I think he's done all that he can do to astound me and amaze me, when I pursue him, he shows me a little bit more. about you you care to allow the Holy Spirit to place an appetite in your spirit an appetite for more of him that'll change your destiny it'll change your vision it'll change your value system the things you used to value oh they'll change overnight like this Oh my gosh, how was it that I was able to change my friends like this? My value system changed. How was I able to, how was I able to change the course of my, my career path like this? My value system, my value system changed. Instead of chasing paper, the Lord said, people is what matters. The course of your life changed the gift of hunger. Amen. Won't you stand to your feet tonight? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.
God, there are many of us that came into this room with a lot of junk, a lot of stuff that we know is not pleasing to you. But we also know, Father, in a moment you can change our value system where we, we, because of what you put on the inside of us, because of the change that you long to bring within us in a moment, Father, all of that junk can be taken out to the trash, not because somebody made us, not because somebody told us, not because somebody called it out, because the love of Christ Jesus constrains us and grips our heart. And suddenly we live our lives to please you and you alone. Put that kind of hunger in our hearts. God, we're asking for the desperate kind of hunger, Lord Jesus, that we'll pursue you to the ends of the earth. Wherever you say, God, to go, we'll go. Whoever you tell us to pray for, we'll pray for. God, wherever you command our feet to walk, we'll walk, God. Oh, Jesus, that kind of hunger, Lord Jesus, the kind of hunger, Lord Jesus, that pushed you, Lord God, to a garden where you prayed until you bled, Lord God. That kind of hunger, Lord Jesus, that pushed you to a cross, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, so that you might be united to us, Lord God. Push us, Lord Jesus. Deposit in us that kind of hunger that drove, Lord the 120 out of the upper room and to the most dangerous places and spaces in the earth, God. A kind of hunger, Lord God. It says yes to you. That's so magnanimous. It's a no to everything that's contrary to the plan of God, the purposes of God in our hearts and our lives. That kind of hunger is what we're asking for in this house. The kind of hunger, Lord God, that attracts the miraculous. The kind of hunger, Lord God, that was on Peter, that caused people to be healed, Lord Jesus, even by his shadow, Father. Oh, God, the kind of hunger that was on Paul, Father, that caused people to be healed just by the by the by by a piece of the tent, Lord God, that he was that he was creating, Lord God. When people touched the tent, Lord God, they were healed. That kind of hunger, Lord God. The kind of hunger... That you put on Evan Christmas. That when he spoke, the thousands, Lord God, with all five senses would feel the glory of heaven and would feel the fire of hell, God. Oh, that kind of hunger, God, that'll push us into contrary places. That kind of hunger that'll put us before people that despise us, yet we'll love them. We'll love them for the glory of God. The kind of hunger, God, that'll, that'll take us back to moms and dads that we don't really care for, that haven't been what they're supposed to be for us, but with God, you'll give us a supernatural love, a supernatural forgiving power, God, that will allow us to walk in freedom. The kind of love, God, that breaks off, the kind of hunger that breaks off bitterness and hate. Oh, God. Give us that kind of love tonight, that kind of hunger. If you want to be hungry tonight on the count of three, just get out of your seat. Come push around these altars. One, two, three. I want to be hungry. Maybe you already are. Maybe you're not yet, but I want to be hungry. Move right now. Move right now. God, make us hungry. Make us hungry. Oh, God, bless us with the hunger for the more. 